Change of the culture is the most important thing because the technology is always the easiest part. And they always say, culture eats strategy with breakfast. You can have the best strategy, the best technology, the best roadmaps and plans. If the culture doesn't fit, it will not fly. Don't change people. Change the context and people will change. People are not against change, but people don't like if you change them. I always do what is in the best of the company, and not necessarily what is in the best for me or my department. And I also always say, look at the positive things. And every choice you make, be yourself, optimistic, be integer. Hierarchy and status is less important than being joyful and doing your job with pleasure. You always have to give attention to all the successes. And when you focus on the successes, it will fly. Being optimistic is one of the most important things to stay alive. This is CRNA TV. My name is Hendrik Dekkers. I'm here today with Rudy Peters, who is the CIO of KBC Bank and Insurance. A very warm welcome, Rudy. Thank you. Rudy has uh, 33 years experience uh, here in the bank, uh, where we first started in IT. Correct. Then you went to sales. You have implemented the first internet bank in 1996 already. And after that, you were head of marketing. In 2011, you returned to IT and you became the group CIO. That's correct. So Rudy, tell us a little bit more about yourself in a nutshell. Who are you and how the hell did you end up in this role as CIO? Well, Hendrik, you know better than some others because I once teached it you in IT, <laughs> isn't it? Correct, yes. So my original uh, studies are biology. Yeah? So I studied biology and uh, instead of doing my military service, I did my alternative uh, service, community services at the university. Yep. And I was responsible to set up a practicum of uh, statistics yep. and also to do some statistical analysis of uh, doctors, students, uh, these kind of theses and so on. So I set it up the practicum. You were one of my first students. students yes. <laughs> and so I get the virus of IT eh, because statistics is all about IT and computers. So yep. there I was really uh, into the IT. And then I did also two years of IT studies during my uh, alternative okay. military services. Yep. Yeah. And so that's how you got into IT, and then you say, let's join the bank. Well, I, I think um, my, my red line in my life is that I'm very curious, uh, uh -huh. to be honest. I started biology because I didn't know the difference between an oak and, uh, and other trees. Uh -huh. So I studied it because I was so curious and I want to know it all. I never thought about, should I work in biology or whatever? I just no. did it because of curiosity. When I stepped into the IT and in the computer industry, I was so curious about what is happening over there. The PCs were just coming up at that yeah. moment. So I was very curious. So the curiosity again drives me into that one. So after then, uh, I have done this biology and this IT studies. Yeah. I have to choose between starting at, uh, at that moment Janssen's Pharmaceutica yeah. as biostatistical yeah. or starting at CERA, which was formed the, the merger of uh, with uh, now is KBC, as IT. Yep. So I said, let's do that as IT, because I do that for one year, two years. It's good for my curriculum vitae, <laughs> and we see afterwards. And then what happened is that every three to five years, they offered me another opportunity here at KBC. Yep. And the curiosity was always feeded, and so I stayed. So for those that don't know KBC, can you, in a nutshell, what is, what is KBC and what is it very, very good at? 
Well, KBC is the best bank insurance in the world. Of course, <laughs> of course, <laughs> with the best IT. <laughs> but I think KBC is a bank insurance, and that makes us also different to a lot of other uh, financial institutes who do banking or insurance. Mm -hmm. And we are doing bank insurance. What is really meaning bank insurance is that we have in every country one IT, one finance, one risk for the fine for as well banking as for insurance. Okay. So that makes it already different as, as, a, mm -hmm. as a model, and also it helps us in diversity, especially in crises. If the banking model is going down, the insurance models with the fee earning is going up. So we are a bank insurance. We are one of the most solvent uh, bank insurance with a high liquidity and solvency ratio. Mm -hmm. And we are the reference of that in Europe, to be honest. So okay. we are performing quite well. So, but the bank is a very traditional organization, let's say. So, but it also needs to change a lot. There's a lot of disruption in the banking industry. So what are the kind of transformations that over the last five, 10 years, the bank has to has gone through in order to survive and, and thrive in this, uh, in this climate? Well, maybe that's one of the reasons why I stayed here so long. Mm -hmm. It's continuously transformation, yep. continuously change. So uh, my, my curiosity is feeded every three years, every <laughs> five years. If not in my job, it is in the context where I work. Uh, I think we are performing this very well. It's part of our DNA to change the company continuously, mm -hmm. uh, where, where we change from, from the branches into a multi-channel. We go yeah. to the omni-channel, uh, which is different than multi-channel. It's integrated channels. Now we are in a digital transformation, and we even go further. Um, maybe somebody heard in the press releases that we launched Kate. Kate is a kind of the Google Assistant of the bank. Okay. But Kate is, is more than only the front end. It's mm -hmm. the completely change of the back end in the bank as well in STP, straight through processing. Mm -hmm. It's completely changing the whole uh, processes and way of working and back end processes of the bank and insurance industry. Mm -hmm. So it's a big change, and it will help the customer to be more proactive. One of the quotes of our CEO is, if you play football, you don't have to be where the ball is, but you have to go where the ball is going to. And that's exactly what we're doing, trying yeah. to be more proactive in, in servicing our customers. So the bank is changing. So, so what, was, what was the most important part of the digital transformation that you have gone through over the last couple of years? I could say Corona, because <laughs> what we tried to do the last three to five years, Corona did in two months' time. Oh, yeah. And so we saw the, the digital maturity of our customers is increasing like hell. If you look at our um, stock markets platform, Bolido, I think the grow was multiplied three or four yep. in number of users are using. If you see also the way they are using our mobile apps and so on, it's increasing like hell. Uh, so lesser and lesser people coming to the branches. Yep. We have installed a live center, KBC Live, where people can call in and do yep. some video chatting. So that's working very well. And to be honest, during the corona period, we didn't suffer on the business side. So the investment's still going on. Yep. The mortgage is still going on. So everything is, as business side is still going on. Of course, we will have uh, some risk in, in credit losses. And we yep. made some provisions out of that yep. because of the society outside that will suffer mm -hmm. uh, like hell, of course. But Corona was a big accelerator, it for, was an accelerator. for more working remote, new yep. channels yep. And, uh, and businesses going yeah. Quite okay. And and also nice, Corona helps us uh, on IT side to get credibility from the business. Eh? Because from one day to another, everybody in the lockdown has to work from home. And more than 16,000 people were working safe from home. Yeah. And we were ready for that. We did it from one day to another. Mm -hmm. I know other institutes, not only banks and insurances, <laughs> were not able to, to do that. And yep. half of the people still have to come to the offices and yep. so on. So having done that, we built like quite a lot of credibility on, on, uh, from the business towards, towards IT. Another transformation I, I think that you have gone through is the way how business and IT work together. 
That's true. If you compare that 10 years ago and yeah. now, that, that has changed completely, right? Well, to be honest, if, they would, if you would ask me, what is KBC different than other banks mm-hmm. in the IT side? I would say the cooperation with the business. Okay. And if I talk with my colleagues, and not only in the banking industry, I think they are all jealous, of course, to our solutions, our mobile platforms and all this kind of stuff. But if you talk to the people working in that organization, the thing they are most jealous about is the cooperation between IT and business. Mm-hmm. So the relation I have with the business is very well. So we, we understand the business, understand, the business understands us. Yeah. We, we are in, in, a, in a role that we are working together and, and uh, yeah, understand each other's problems. Eh? Yeah. It's always said that IT people say the business don't know what they want, they change idea every time. And the business people say the IT people, they are too rigid, they are too costly and so yeah. on. Uh, we implemented scaled agile framework. Mm-hmm. So business and IT people sitting together in yeah. trains, like we call them. And the understanding has increased huge yeah, because business people saw suddenly the complexity of an IT adaptations. Yeah. But also the IT people saw that it's not that easy on the business side because the market is changing so so fast that yeah. they sometimes has to change yeah. priorities. So I think the, the understanding and the cooperation is what makes us different. And so 10 years ago, I would say in, in many organizations and still today in some organizations, you would run IT as a business, yeah. as a pure service center. True. Where you would have projects and then you would deliver uh, within a budget and so on. And so now this is different. Now you have product, more a, a product approach, I can imagine, and, and collaboration, uh-huh. um, uh, cross-functional teams that, that work together on, on, uh, in, in agile ways yeah. in developing new services. If you would compare it uh, to 10 years or 15 years ago, IT was a separate entity within the organization, with even their own HR, their own legal, yeah. their own procurement. Now it's completely integrated yeah. in the organization. was one of the reasons why they asked me also to come back to, to mm-hmm. IT after my marketing. Yeah. They want to bring IT back into the bank. So we are not a software house. We are a bank and insurance. Yeah. And we are delivering bank and insurance services. Yeah. So I think that that makes it uh, different. In the past, business has got an idea that they discuss about two months about it. They throw it over the wall. Yeah. Then we calculate the cost. We throw it back over the <laughs> wall. Then we discuss two, three months about the price because it's always too high. Yeah. And then we have to start doing it. And in the meanwhile, things change and it takes two years yeah. or one year. And then it's late and over budget. And that's late and over budget. So yeah. this is what we completely stopped. Eh? So we don't work with projects anymore. We work with features. So we work with scaled agile trains and yeah. value streams. And we put a backlog of all the features into uh, all the features into a backlog, yeah. which is prioritized by the business. Yeah. And every two weeks we have sprints that we deliver and we give system demos. Yeah. And every three months we have the PI planning there where we commit to what we will do yeah. for the next three months. Now to do that kind of transformation, the way that you work together with the business means that you have to change the culture in, in the, in overall in the bank, both on the business side and, and, and IT. So in a big organization like this bank, how do you change culture? What are the, the, the things that you've put in place to do that? And the change of the culture to start with is the most important thing because the technology is always the easiest part. Mm-hmm. And they always say, culture eats strategy with breakfast. <laughs> and it's really true. Uh-huh. You can have the best strategy, the best technology, the best roadmaps and plans. If the culture doesn't fit, it will not fly. Yep. So what we did is we have already some spots uh, within uh, IT and business where we work closely together, where people were sitting physically next to each other, okay. but still in the old way of working. But because they were sitting physically together, there was already a good understanding. Also, where there was a good understanding between the management of IT and business, there we started with this scaled agile framework because there is the low-hanging fruit and the chance of success is the biggest. Yep. You should always start 
to where is the chance of success the biggest. Once you have success, you celebrate it. And when you celebrate successes, everybody is jealous and wants to have the same success, so they follow. Mm -hmm. Also, one of my quotes is, what you give attention, grow. So if you give attention to the negative things, those things will grow. Yep. So you always have to, to give attention to all the successes. And when you focus on the successes, it will fly. And how do you celebrate success? Celebrate successes is by, by putting people on the stage, by, by congratulating them, by also showing the results. And to be honest, it sells itself. Because what we saw in those teams where we started first, the, the employee satisfaction grows enormously. Yep. Because it helps them in doing their job very well. Yep. It helps them to be appreciated by the business partners and vice versa. Yep. So I don't even have to celebrate it that much. It, the success was a celebration by itself. Yeah. Let's talk about leadership a little bit. I mean, the, you can have big plans and aspirations and good strategies in IT, but then overall leadership needs to follow and it needs to uh, step into this vision as well of closer collaboration. How did, how did that change over here? Well, it's always a, a kind of a trade-off between bottom-up, top-down. And you always have to do both. If you do everything top-down, it will not fly. Okay. If you try to do everything bottom-up, it will take too long or it will not fly as well. So what we do is, when we have successes bottom-up, we go to the management, we ask them, do you want to continue in a more structural way, in a more disciplined way, yeah. and then we go back to, uh, top-down. Yeah. So I think it's continuously a trade-off between bottom-up, top-down. So we create context that people on the floor have the possibility to change. One of my, my mantras and the people I look up to was uh, Sumantra Gosal. Uh, he was uh, uh, an INSEAD professor working at, uh, um, was working somewhere in France, in, in Fontainebleau. Fontainebleau, yeah. But he was from Calcutta. He was an Indian. And he was always explaining, if I go to Calcutta in the summer with his family, it was 40, 50 degrees and the humidity of 90%. So he was lazy. He don't want to do anything. He, he don't have energy. But yeah. when he goes back in spring in Fontainebleau, he feels the energy. And he, he explained it. And it's always so beautiful talk. He said that it's the smell of the place. If you go in the summer in Calcutta, there is a different smell in the place and you get lazy and don't take initiative than if you go in spring in Fontainebleau. Mm -hmm. And what he said, and it's really true, sometimes we create Calcuttas in the companies. And then we, comply, then we complain that, that the people don't take initiatives, that mm -hmm. their people are lazy, they don't, they're not reacting well. But if you create a smell of Fontainebleau, people will change. So also one of the most important quotes is don't change people. Change the context and people will change. People are not against change, but people don't like if you change them. Yep. So you always have to change the context. And that's what we do when we also want to implement and changing the culture. Mm -hmm. Change the context, make a little disruption. Yep. And see how people react, give attention to the good results, and it will fly. Because it's like in nature, Hendrik, we, yeah. we studied that. <laughs> they call it ecology and, and evolution theory, isn't yeah. it? Correct. Because for, for uh, management, business management, it's not easy to start working in that way. It's true. Because if they used to, that's my budget, and then deliver me, and now all of a sudden they need to give kind of an open budget and then see what they get for it a little bit, no? It's not that they have an open no. budget and see what they get. So every PI planning, the business managers are there as well. So yeah. they see what is on the table. They, they decide themselves also yeah. the priority. And there is a, a, a voting of, of commitment of the people who has to do the job. Yeah. So I think when my experience is, and I go quite often to those ceremonies, is that uh, people feel more comfortable in this way than a project steering committee in the past. Okay. Let's talk about the different, the, the, the difference in processes that you have. 
uh, implemented. One uh, was that you have implemented uh, Agile at scale, mm -hmm. um, but also, also innovation is a, is a big thing here at KBC, I think. It's true. So how do you uh, create a, a culture, an, an environment, and also processes for innovation? Because you have to, it's not something that just happens with an ID box. I mean, no, innovation is a process as uh, well, no? Uh, ID box will not work <laughs> and it will not change culture as well. That's true. <laughs> you can put an idea in it. I want to change the culture, but nothing <laughs> happened. But uh, what we do is we do a lot of things. So there's not one trick pony. Eh? So mm -hmm. there are a lot of uh, actions we take. First of all, we have an R&D budget, yep. meaning that we can do experiments without going to the normal governance. Okay. We have an innovation board where this budget is managed. So everybody can come and pitch their ideas. Mm -hmm. So everybody in the organization. So yep. we make also publicity. So everybody working anywhere can come up with a pitch for the innovation board and get a budget for, and we do it in different stages. The first is the idea. And maybe we have to give them a budget to make the idea more sharp, right? like yeah. with design thinking and these kind of stuff. Yeah. We can do a POC, a proof of concept. We can do a pilot with a customer. And then the next phase is we go to industrialization and then it gets away from the innovation board. And every month we evaluate the, the, the cases. And sometimes we just pull out the plug yeah. if it doesn't work. So fail it's fast fail. Yeah. Indeed, yeah. So that's, that's how it works. So everybody can come up with a pitch. Also, what we saw is that people got sometimes ideas, but they're not able to make a pilot. Mm -hmm. So we also foresee IT people with skills who can do this kind of experiments, who yep. can build things. So if you have an idea, you can count on people to build your idea in yep. a POC or in a pilot. Mm -hmm. So also that is in place. And what we also do is uh, we do quite a lot of co-creation with externals, with customers and with okay. other companies. So we invite them here. We, we have a, a a problem like, for example, how will energy be look like in within five to 10 years? And what will be the impact on your businesses? The, partner who is coming here, and what will be the impact on our businesses. Mm -hmm. And let's see what are the biggest issues and what are the potential answers to that kind of issues, and then see if we can co-create and find new things. Okay. And that's also interesting because if you want to really innovate, don't do it only with your own people. Get outside people in with yeah. other problems, with other issues, and with also other technologies and mindset and culture. Yeah. So that helps a lot. Because innovation happens at the edge of the company. Yes, of course. Yeah. And it happens with the interaction of the people. Yeah. What we also do, just to give a few examples, and I can go on for hours in this, is we have inspiration days. So mm -hmm. two, three times a year, we organize in these buildings, but also Brussels and the other building, and also in a group on the different countries. We organize inspiration days that everybody can show demos and new technology. We also ask vendors, partners, to come here and show their products, yeah. new products that not yet on the market, but will come on the market. Mm -hmm. We ask startups to come here to show their solutions. Yeah. And people walking around, uh, seeing those booths, uh, because there are a lot of booths and people can come to visit. And there's also some gaming involved and so. So a lot of people coming there, they get inspired. Also, we have auditorium sessions where we ask people to come to present, mm -hmm. keynote speakers and so on. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a lot of initiatives that we do to... And is this driven by you, by, by CIO, by IT, or, or do you have a separate innovation department? Um? We don't have a separate innovation department. We have a separate R&D budget and we have a separate innovation board, which uh -huh. I'm chairing now, yeah. but the, the, all the businesses are represented on that innovation board. Okay. So I don't believe in having a, a separate department because then you have there the the, the and the other guy, they are the slaves and do the, the, yeah. the nasty jobs. And we also try, for example, when I told you we have IT people with skills to build pilots, we also try to mangle them. So coming from the IT organization into the R&D stuff and going back. Yeah. 
it's also important. We even let people go to KBC Started, which is an innovation hub, yeah. to get there, to be inspired how startups are doing things. And when they come back, they have a totally different mindset and they start changing things in our organization as well. So really, could, can you give an example of this innovation process and, and, and budget and that you have created of, um, of, of programs, of projects, of services that have come out of that? How many days do you have, Henrik? <laughs> <laughs> and it's very difficult. Now you put me on the stress to pick out one example. Yeah, because the best one. So many beautiful examples. Maybe to, to one, one most explicitly one is... We call innovation, by the way, the day after tomorrow, uh -huh. based on Peter yeah. Hinsen's strategy of Booker and, and yeah. presentations. So we did one, two years ago, a lot of experiments with chatbots. And today, this is the basis of Kate that we are going to roll out next month. Which is your Siri. Yeah. <laughs> so I th we always try to do the edge of the technology, but not only technology. So it's not only about new technology, but also sometimes new business models. Yeah. So, and we have got, yeah, let's say about uh, three to four new experiments every month. Every month? Yeah. Oh. Okay. So, Rudy, let's talk about um, technology, open technology, architecture, and so mm -hmm, on. Mm -hmm. How important is architecture in an environment like, mm -hmm. uh, like a big bank here? But it's it's uh, at most important architecture. It's top of my radar also. Uh -huh. and, and the reason why, if you don't have a good architecture, you're not able to, to build fast. You're not able to open to the third party, mm -hmm. to, to the outside world. So we have a few what we call move tos, which are capabilities that we are building based on, on good architectures, like yeah. move to cloud, move to connect, me third parties connecting to us. Mm -hmm. We're offering banking and insurance services to third parties, but we also offer third party services to our mobile front ends. Mm -hmm. So to be able to do all of this, mm -hmm. architecture is key. Okay. And what are the... What are for you the most important technologies to do your transformation, to be agile and so on? Yeah. Is there a change? I mean, you know, no mm. longer programming in Cabal. So what is the... Oh, we are still programming <laughs> in Cabal, Henrik. <laughs> there are still people... Pro and there's nothing wrong with programming in Cabal, to be honest. So we have a big mainframe still yeah. running our core banking application. And even with that, because people sometimes say, yeah, with a mainframe, you can, you, it's not possible to be agile and to uh -huh. be ready for the digital transformation. I dare to challenge that. Okay. Uh, we are very fast in digital transformation. I dare to compare myself with my competitors in Belgium. We are mm -hmm. top... And we're offering train tickets, bus line tickets, uh, parking services in our mobile front end. Yeah. Uh, so I think we, we are doing quite well. But I th to be honest, what the last two, three years or two years coming up on the on the radar most is things that working with APIs, of course, uh, yeah. connectors and clouds. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So what's, what's the cloud strategy? You want to go 100% public cloud, private cloud, hybrid? What's the... We want to go to the cloud where it makes sense. Okay. <laughs> I think it's not a purpose by itself. It's mm -hmm. a mean to, to, to challenge another purpose, the digital transformation. Yeah. But we went, for example, uh, as a first bank in Europe with O365 to the cloud. Mm -hmm. We took about two years to ask regulator improvement. And then we took us about a few months to move all the Lotus nodes <laughs> into O365. Mm -hmm. So uh, that helps us also with our relations towards Microsoft to have a top-notch uh, relationship directly in Seattle. Uh, so okay. we moved O365 already to the cloud, Dynamics to the cloud. Mm -hmm. And now we are building the f also first cloud-native applications. Okay. Maybe to, to add to that, um, next to the public cloud, we also have installed an, an, a private cloud. Okay. We call it BlueCap. 
mm-hmm. compared to Red Hat. <laughs> <laughs> and this is our private cloud. And we, yeah. we, the, the, the strategy behind that is we built all our open systems in a private cloud so mm-hmm. that we can move it easily to the public cloud when ready. Okay. If I say when ready, it means when regulator is ready for it. It also means when technology is ready for it, to be honest. I haven't seen some cost savings yet mm-hmm. to go to the public cloud. So I think uh, it will take a few years or a year before we really have uh, an accelerating and going to the cloud. So your strategy is first build something on private cloud, on your blue? Not necessary. Mm-hmm. Oh, to, no, no, no. Now we are also building directly a native public cloud. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This was Let's, a step stone in between. Yeah. Let's talk about open source. Is that also a big thing here at the bank? Sure. Uh, I think when you want to go fast, you have to to work with open source. We have Mm -hmm. our GitHub kind of repository in the bank. We Mm -hmm. share it over the group with different countries. So we're trying to do that as much as possible. We call it the blue shop. (laughs) Blue, of course, of the color of KVC, the blue store, where we put in all kinds of components, but not only uh, programming and coding, but also templates, processes, descriptions, uh, PowerPoints, whatever. So everything is, you can find in our blue store. Yeah. So collaboration, internal and external is a, bi- is, is a big concept yeah, here. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about, you said that in your mobile applications, you um, incorporate parking apps. And, and, and so, so does that mean that KBC is becoming a, 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 a platform yeah. company? It's becoming true. an ecosystem? Can you talk yeah. a little bit about that? So you could compare us as the WeChat. Uh, for Europe or at least for Belgium uh-huh. <laughs> and we really want to offer third-party services we want to be uh, the service provider for our customers so one of uh, on, uh, I remember also uh, Peter Hinsen once told in one of his keynotes you have to make sure that your app is toothbrush compatible meaning you have to use it two times a day <laughs> and you will not use it two times a day for banking businesses but no. if you have all the other services you will use it much more mm-hmm. so the strategy is the more services we can offer through our distribution portal towards our customers, but not only our customers, but also prospects, yeah. you can download and use KBC Mobile and all the third-party services without even being a customer of KBC. Mm-hmm. We offer proactive services to our customers. And having that, we also know what the customer's needs are, what the customer's uh, behavior is, yeah. so we can also build better services and products for our customers and prospects. Yeah. So that, does that mean that the KBC Group will become will have a, a larger set of services itself? I mean, besides banking products and yeah. service and insurance, you will be delivering more and more different services. True, like we are doing today. The core still stays bank and insurance, yeah. but we are delivering today quite a lot of services. Yeah. Okay. On technology. I mean, because we're geeks a little bit, right? Okay, uh, we, if we you like, say so. <laughs> <laughs> we like new technology. Where, what do you see as the most exciting new technologies that are now popping up and that you're starting to use? But it's not new, but it's continuously um, making myself uh, surprised what is all possible is everything that has to do with big data and artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. What we can do with artificial intelligence it's unlimited. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we cannot invest more than enough than in, in everything that has to do in, in artificial intelligence. We've got a separate department. We had okay. hunted a guy top-notch in, in this kind of material. Mm-hmm. It's, by the way, directly reporting to Yuan Tes, our CEO. Okay. So that uh, says a lot about the importance we give to it. Mm-hmm. And we are doing great things with it. Okay, because some banks now are even branding mm-hmm. themselves as artificial intelligent banks. Yeah. So you see that as a really a big yeah. differentiator in the in, in I the, do in the think future. so. And the more data you have, the more artificial intelligence 
you can build, the more services you can give, the more proactive you can be. Yeah. So it's all about that. Yeah. Okay, so you see a lot of change coming. So yeah. you will. This is going to be a happy environment for you still for the next couple of years. Curious decades. as I am, <laughs> it will be more challenging for the next years indeed. So let's talk a little bit about how ITM Digital is organized here. Mm -hmm. I mean, you said 16,000 people work at uh, KBC, something in like total, that. In total, yeah. And, and how many uh, work in, in, in IT and how, are yeah. they, how is that organized? So and, uh, now we will use only Belgium as an example because we have also the different countries like Czechia, Hungary, Slovakia, Bulgaria and so on. Mm -hmm. But in Belgium we have about 16,000 employees in yep. total and about uh, 1,500 internal ITs, about 600 external ITs and about 500 offshore in India. Okay. Yeah. So that's a big team. And how do you... How do you structure that? And has the structure changed? I mean, you have development and, and operations and infrastructure yeah. and architecture. Is it a traditional structure that you have in there? Well, uh, I already told you we have implemented scaled agile. So yeah. we have this kind of agile trains where business and IT sitting together. So we yeah. have biz DevOps in yeah. those agile trains. And we have rolled it out, or by the end of this year, the whole business in IT will be rolled out in the create department, in the development department, with also the operation roles into it where it makes sense. Yeah. And then we've got what we call the service to delivery organization. The mm -hmm. service to delivery organization is the typical infrastructure organization okay. that makes components and services for the business delivery. Yeah. Yeah. So if you would ask me, maybe in the future, within a few years, the biz DevOps organization is completely part of the business. And the only things rest in IT is the service to delivery organization. Yeah. And that's the infrastructure, the cloud, yeah. the networking, the, yeah, the development and tools and languages and environments and so okay. on. Yeah. And so, and how do you see the role of, of, of the CIO today in the future? Your role in, in, in this changing way that you organize, what is fundamentally the, the most important thing that you do today? Uh, in this company? Today, I dare to say that I'm as much involved in business than I'm involved in, in IT. Mm -hmm. yeah? So I'm also sitting on the management committee on the business unit Belgium, for example, yep. uh, for the strategic decisions on the development create projects and the, the digital transformation. So, and that's good. Uh, I think uh, digital is a, is a métier, uh, how do you say mm -hmm. it? Like, like payments is or asset management is or life or non-life is yep. in the digital world. IT is a métier of a bank, a core métier. Yeah. So you cannot leave it to IT only. Eh? So it's too important. So how the, my role today is much more involved in business than in the past. Yeah. But also in the future, I think it will only stay at the service to delivery part. All the rest will migrate more to the business. Okay. But we have... We will all be only be able to do that if also the digital maturity on the manager sites on the business is yeah. higher enough. But okay. you see that increasing also very much. Yeah. So you would say IT is too important to be left to IT. Yeah, true. Rudy, let's talk about your management style. You have close to three thousand people that 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 you need to uh, to manage. So how do you build successful teams? How do you make sure that you have the right people around you and that they can perform, that they are uh, top performers uh, yeah, yeah. in this organization. But first of all, I've got already the best people there are in the world. So I have <laughs> the best team that is existing. So it was not of my credentials to have them already here. Uh -huh. uh, maybe it's my credential to keep them here <laughs> and to let them blow and yeah. foster. But I think what, what happens, uh, I, I already told you about Sumantra Gosal, change the smell of the place. I think mm -hmm. by changing the smell of the place, by focusing on good things, by also managing the culture and not only the technology, I think you're able to, to have a good team and to mm -hmm. have teams. 
Also, for example, in, in Scaled Agile, there is a, there is a statement in, in the handbook of, of Scaled Agile that the maximum team can only be of 12 people. Because if you have a bigger team, you immediately create politics and, and yeah, or, personal or, agendas. Or hierarchy, in, uh, not formal hierarchy yeah, below. Yeah. So it's not working well. So I think short lines, uh, going to the floor, uh, walk the talk, doing gambas, I think that helps and, and, mm -hmm. and finding also the, the temperature. Yeah. Um, I even do things like for diversification, IT is a man's world. Uh, mm -hmm. 30% of the people who study are female in IT. Okay. So that's the same representatives of the people employees at IT. Only 30% are female in my yeah. IT organization. So also in the management is even lower. Mm -hmm. And on the general management, it was zero. So I, or I asked and I invited two high potential women mm -hmm. to be part of my management board. Okay. So I try to get diversity inside. So these are a lot of things I can talk about three, four days about <laughs> my beautiful team and how we are managing it or But so, how they are managing themselves. Yeah. So it's diversity by design. It's, diversity it's by design. Okay. Yeah. I also a strong believer of the MBTI types. Eh? Uh -huh. uh, I am, uh, as you can guess, probably an <laughs> ENTP. Yeah. But I always make sure that in my direct reports there is somebody who is different on three or four of those uh, personalities yep. and he's my conscience when he or she says something i get stressed because it's completely contradictory yep. to how i am standing in life but you always should reflect one third or one fourth of the organization is thinking like he or she so you better listen to it and yep. probably they are right as well okay so you surround yourself with people with different personalities yep. so that you have so that the team is complete yeah yep. okay Let's talk about leadership because managing people and, and, and creating the culture and, and the environment where they can shine is one thing, but leadership is also a thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, setting vision and, and strategy. And so why do you think people want to work with you, for you? Why, why do you uh, think they, mm -hmm. that they accept you as their leader? Uh, I think because we create an environment where people can flourish and where, where people can shine. Uh, mm -hmm. I think... We try to do as less as control as possible, but mm -hmm. control sometimes is needed uh, in an organization like this. But we try to, to build a, a platform where people can perform at the best and mm -hmm. continuously improving and yep. continuously learning. I think what, what I try to do a lot, and I did it coming from marketing, is storytelling. Okay. So every month I make a vlog and I... I send it out to the whole IT organization. I even now, half of the business organization is listening to my vlog. Mm -hmm. And it's about different topics. Uh, topics that I mentioned when I, when I walk around, when I talk to people, I say, well, what is happening here? And then I give a vlog with my opinion yeah. about it. Okay. And we have a streaming services and people can chat around the vlog. So it's, it's helping. It's, uh, it's also helping me to feel what is living in the organization. So you spend a lot of time communicating with your team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what do you think people will say about you when you're not around? When they talk about you, what do you think they, 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 they say about you? You should ask them, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course, but what do you think they say? I think they will say that I'm authentic, mm -hmm. I'm integer, I'm creative, and that's maybe one of the things they are most afraid of. <laughs> uh, and I'm open, very mm -hmm. open. Um, they, can, they can send me an email from any kind place in the organization. They can call me or send me an organization. Yeah. I'm reachable. Yeah. Okay. You talked about your MBTI profile, ENTP. Uh, it's also known as the inventor or the debater uh, are, are names for that type. And strengths of ENTPs are they're knowledgeable, mm -hmm. quick thinkers, original, excellent brainstormers, charismatic, energetic. Does that fit, fit the bill for you? Yeah, with all the ups and downs. <laughs> <laughs> Now, on the challenges part, on the potential weaknesses part of ENTPs, you have 
they can be very argumentative. Eh? Yeah. They want to win the argument. True. True. <laughs> they can be sometimes be very insensitive to people's mm. feelings. So that's true. Uh, they can be intolerant, sometimes difficult to focus. Or, or have the attention span can be quite recognizable, uh, <laughs> recognizable. <laughs> and um, sometimes they dislike practical matters. Which of these challenges was your most important challenge and how uh, did you overcome that? I think uh, once I came senior general manager, uh, so head of IT, mm -hmm. every time you get promoted, there are things that you're doing in the past that are not working in your new role or that if you do it, have a huge impact on yeah. your new role. So when I was working on a lower role, I was so creative coming up with 10 ideas. I became the CIO. And when I came up now with 10 ideas, everybody starts doing 10 things. Say, whoa, whoa, this is not what I mean. So yeah. it's, it's, I'm, I'm people, if you would ask people, what is Rudy's biggest handicap? He wants to change too much too fast. Okay. And I'm impatient. So, If we discussed on the management board with my directors and we discussed about a topic and we finished it, in my head, it's finished yeah. and it's implemented. <laughs> But of course, an implementation of, of a process or a tool or a strategy yeah. with 3,000 people takes more than yeah. months. So how did you learn to become more patient then? Because that's, yeah. that was your challenge. By surrounding me with people who challenge me about it and who are very assertive and be open to have that feedback. So yeah. people really say to me, Rudy, back <laughs> and i like it i like it if people say so i remember once i was in an auditorium with a with a, we called a town hall meeting with it people mm -hmm. uh, i was doing the outro at the end and uh, summarizing and somebody some suddenly somebody comes to the stage and he said rudy there is an elephant in the room and he gave me a real elephant <laughs> and i said the elephant is that you're we are changing too much oh, yeah. be patient with us in the whole auditorium with all the people. That was one of the biggest presents they ever gave me because then I really realized that I was not that doing well. That was a big confrontation as it well. That was a big confrontation. But you know, ENTP needs confrontations yeah. to <laughs> accept things. Eh? Yeah, yeah, sometimes yeah. somebody needs to say, oh, yeah. that's enough uh, And that's, I think, what, what I like also, not only in IT, but in the whole KBC, I think we are quite assertive. Oh, yeah. We say what we think. Okay. Uh, sometimes I say to Johan Thijs, I'm enough paid to think, but I'm not enough paid to, to <laughs> be quiet about what I think. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about what, what drives you, what makes you happy. If at the end of the day, you close your computer, your laptop, when are you really satisfied and happy with what you've done? Yeah. I'm happy if I see results. And this is maybe the difficult part. Eh? This is, when I was on marketing, or especially when I was on sales, mm -hmm. it's like drugs. Eh? You <laughs> sell things and you got immediately the, 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 the yeah. impact. Now uh, it's not at all like drugs. Eh? You do things and maybe a year or a few months later, you see the result and you say, was that what I changed? <laughs> so that, that doesn't sometimes frustrate me. Uh -huh. But what I like a lot is when I have a good meeting with my team, When I've, I've done a web meeting now this morning about mm -hmm. a topic, when I see that, that 900 people are joining, that gives me energy because yeah. people take half an hour time to come to listen to a web meeting that I'm organizing. Yeah. So having the impact on people, having feedback from people, also negative feedback, that yeah. gives me energy and learning new things. Yeah. Learning new things. Because that's something that an ENTP has to learn as well. Yeah. Work through people yeah. and not do everything themselves and, and think I know it better, so yeah. let's do it this way. But I don't have that handicap. I come from marketing before I did also other things. So when I came here, especially in IT, I'm not the smartest guy. Eh? Oh, yeah. okay. There are more than uh, tons of people below me who are much smarter yeah. in IT than I am. So I cannot do things. We are just simple biologists. We are just simple biologists. <laughs> so that helps because I'm not able to do it. Yeah. 
Okay. Do you have a personal mantra, really, that, uh, that helps you to, if you have to make a decision, that you say, okay, that's what I can fall back on? I always do what is in the best of the company and not necessarily what is in the best for me or my department. Mm -hmm. And I also always say, look at the positive things. And every choice you make, making a choice is losing things, mm -hmm. saying yeah. no to things. Yeah. And I always focus on the positive things. Yeah. And I think being optimistic is one of the most uh, important things to stay alive. Because you, I mean, ENTPs want to keep their options open. Yeah. They want to postpone your decision. So that's also something that you, you have to learn to yeah. make your decision and stick to them and not change your mind uh, again afterwards. ENTP are also people who make decisions and then change decisions no, yes. quite often. <laughs> <laughs> like that? <laughs> no, I think I, I'm surrounded by people who are very good in that and, and yeah. they, they teach me and they also challenge me and they talk to me and they, they uh, when I do these things wrong, they really yeah. challenge me about it and say, this is the decision we take. It's based on those criteria. And we only change the decisions that the criteria changes. Yeah. And that helps. Yeah. You already mentioned a couple of people that you look up to, that you've learned from. So, so did you ever, ever have any mentors in your life, people that really guided you in becoming uh, successful? Uh, tons. <laughs> a lot of mentors. I've had mentors when I came in here. Uh, we were colleagues. I have mentors who were my bosses. And even today, I have mentors who are bosses, but also people below me. Mm -hmm. So it's not based on hierarchy. It's based yeah. on personality. It's based on, on how they are standing in life. And can you give an example of something that you learned from, from one of your mentors? What I learned from one of my direct reports is, like, like I say, if we take a decision, you only change the decisions if the criteria based on the decisions are changed. And being very... Um, structurized mm -hmm. uh, and I, I was not and I hate structure so uh, people teach me how to, to do that implementation yeah. in big program with big processes and so I learned a lot about that so that, that helped okay helped. let's talk a little bit about the values in your life you have mm -hmm. three children three daughters three daughters no less um, and growing up so what are the values that you have given your children what, what are the important things in life yeah. for you optimistic be yourself and be integer. Mm -hmm. uh, always look in the mirror and say, I haven't done wrong, something wrong. Mm -hmm. So being yourself, being optimistic, creative, but I think that's part of how you, uh, in are your you DNA. Yeah. But I try also to stimulate creativity. And does that help? Does that work with your children? <laughs> yes, to be honest, I, I was surprised. Uh, one, my daughter is uh, studying in Milan, pedagogy, or you said human science. Uh -huh. uh, and as a, as a thesis, she has written, and the, the title of the thesis, I will say it in English, not in Italian, is about uh, how beauty, the, the things of beauty can help people with problems. Mm -hmm. So how you can look at beautiful things, positive things, yeah. to help people with problems. I think I was very proud when she's chosen that as a topic. Yeah. And uh, she, she's also very optimistic in life, like the two others. So what was the best thing? In, I mean, children are important, of course. But what was the best thing that ever happened to you in your life? The best thing ever happened to me in my life. There is not one big best thing. There are mm -hmm. a lot of small things, to yeah. be honest. And one of my mantras is also, luck is not something you get. It's something you take when it just comes in front of you. Yeah. And a lot of people say, yeah, but you are lucky. No, I took the luck when it passed me. Yeah. And sometimes you have to take a risk to, to step into it and to, to try to make use of the luck yeah. 
So I don't think there is one big thing. There is a lot of small things. Do I regret that I started biology? No, not at all. Do I regret that I did then statistics and come into the IT? No, not at all. Do I regret once I started in a bank? Not at all. No. So there are not that much things I regret. Maybe only one thing, that I never have started my own company. Ah. I've never done that. <laughs> but again, you had a lot of success. You regret not starting your own company. But what is it that you're most grateful for in your life? I'm grateful for people giving me chances. Mm -hmm. uh, and that can be in private life as well as in, in professional life. If I look at KBC, all mm -hmm. the chances they have given me to fulfill all my knowledge, curiosity, needs, I'm very thankful to them. If I look at my private life, the way how my children looking to me, the way how my wife and I have a relation, I'm very thankful to them. So I think it's all about people giving you chances and you taking the chances okay. then. Let's talk about younger people, people that are in their 30s and they look up to you, uh, you and your position and that have the ambition to become uh, a, a top CIO. What is the advice that you would give them in order to, be, uh, to, yeah. to reach the same level of success? Well, like one of my mantras, be yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't change yourself for the sake of the ambition. Yeah. I think that's also what happened to me. I always was myself. I get promoted because of, but not because I was following somebody else or no. pleasuring somebody else, but just being myself. And that helps me in standing in life very authentic and integer. So I no. tell people, please do that. Also, what I advise them is, and you see also more of those young people are standing in this way in life. Hierarchy and status is less important than being joyful and doing your job no. with pleasure. And I see a lot of young people, they are not have the ambition to become a CIO. We even see people say, why should I become a manager if I see what kind of shit you all have, <laughs> have around your head? I can do my thing and I like what I do. I'm yep. good in what I do. So I think that the young generation is standing better in life than we are. Okay. We are we are told to our, our parents telling us, you have to make promotion, you have to go to the hierarchy because if you go as high as possible in hierarchy, you will make your life. But to be honest, every time I got promoted, eh, the quality of my life gets down. Eh? Oh, yeah. So the most important thing in life is to, to lead a happy life, right? And to lead a happy life. A meaningful, happy life. And for that, you don't necessarily yeah. need to become a CIO. No, that's okay, correct. <laughs> On that note, really, thank you so much for your time and uh, for this wonderful interview. You're welcome. Thank you.